Sound level? Are you good? That's good. You're listening to the Kids Ask Why podcast with Lockie. A show where kids ask why and kids find the answers. podcast today we're talking about cars and engines so dad who made the first car well a man called Carl Benz is often credited with making the first production car but there are lots more people that deserve credit too for instance Lockie did you know that cars go back as far as 1769 oh that's a long way ago exactly and they started nearly 300 years ex- ago exactly over 250 years ago and a man called Nicholas Joseph Cugnot i hope i've pronounced that correctly he made like a tractor out of steam. So this was around the time where they were inventing the first steam engines. So they had invented um, the Stevenson rocket. So they were using steam engines on rails to power like trains out of steam. But this guy made like a tractor with a steam engine on the back and it had wheels like a cart and it was used not to transport people but to transport things. And it was in 1803 that a man called Haydn Wishet made an internal combustion engine, so we'll talk about them later when we talk about engines, but he made an internal combustion engine powered not by petrol, but by hydrogen. So he was the first person to make a combustion engine powered by hydrogen. But it wasn't until 1870 that a man called Siegfried Marcus, he invented like a cart, and it had a combustion engine that was powered by petrol, and that was the first one of its kind. But and then, it looks like a wagon. Yeah, it does. A lot of the early ones looked like a wagon, like you would put horses in front of it and then pull it along or push it mm. along. And this is why it was called a push cart. And so he made many different models of this. And then in 1880, Carl Benz came along and he created the first of what looked like our modern motor cars with an internal combustion engine um, that was powered by petrol or gasoline, as they call it in the United States. And he gets most of the credit most of the credit for creating the first motor car but there were lots and lots of people before him that created different types of cars but Carl Benz created one that looks like what we know today. So dad what did the first car look like? So we've brought a picture up of it here this is the Carl Benz motor wagon from 1885 and does it look the same as cars we've got today, Lockie? No, it has really, really big wheels and three of them. Mm, it's got and three wheels. And it has wheels. like chains. Yes, it's chain driven here by the looks of it, doesn't it? So it looks like we've got two big wheels at the back, much bigger than we'd have on a normal car. And one big wheel at the front that's made out of steel spokes, looks like a bicycle but, wheel, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's got bicycle wheels and it's got a chain that connects what well, looks like it connects the motor to the wheels wouldn't you say mm-hmm. and what about where's the motor well the so that's a good question where is the motor it's 
Oh. It's at the cool. back, isn't it? Yeah. So this is the very first car was what we would call nowadays rear-engined. So this is a car that's got the engine at the back, ha- room for how many people? Uh, I would say two people. Yep, just about two people. And this one's got a leather seat, but the first one had wooden seats, didn't it? It had hmm. a wooden frame. And how is do you... that a seat on top or is it underneath? That's the seat there on top. So you sit right in the open air. So there's no windscreen. There's no protection around you. You just sit like you would in a horse-drawn carriage. Then how are you supposed to drive it? Ah. Oh, yeah, I see that little spoke that, and there's a little handle that you can twist around. Yeah, exactly. So there's no steering wheel on this car, is there? There's just this almost like a pole with a, a little metal arm on it that you twist from side to side and that twists the front wheel like and you I would with like a boat. It's a backwards L connecting to the front wheel. Yep, see, like yep, the backwards L, yep. And then and that way and then down. So it looks much more like a combination of a bicycle and like a, a horse-drawn cart than and a modern with car. with really big wheels. With really big wheels. Almost like penny-farthing wheels, those really old bicycles, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. So it's very, very different, both in the way it looks and the way you sit, and also the way it's driven from a modern car today. So I don't even see any pedals here. So I don't see an accelerator anywhere or anything like that. So they must drive it somehow differently to a normal mm. car. Maybe they like... Have little levers to go forwards and backwards. Quite possibly a little bit like a train or a boat or something like that, hey? Mm. We have a question from a listener. This is Marcus from Auckland. Hi, Lockie. I have a question for you. How do engines work? Thanks, Marcus. So, Dad... How do engines work? Well, there are all sorts of different engines and configurations of engines. So we'll talk about what the different types of engines are first in cars, and then we'll talk about how they work. So the first one that we're going to talk about, so there's petrol and diesel engines. There are cars that run on electric motors, and there's other ones that run on this thing here called, can you pronounce that word, Lockie? Hydrogen. Yeah, they they run on hydrogen or hydrogen fuel cells. So which ones do we want to talk about first, Lockie? Let's talk about petrol and diesel and electric and hydrogen. Okay, cool. So let's start with the petrol engine. So that's a petrol engine if you live in Australia or New Zealand or England or in America, they would say it's a gasoline engine. So that's um, powered by something called internal combustion. And we talked about that before, Lockie, didn't we? we, Before we came on air. Can you remember how internal combustion works? It works by... Compressing air. That's right. You compress air inside a cylinder, inside a a chamber, and then you inject what else into there? Fuel. Yep. And then you use use what? A spark, don't you? Yeah. And that creates what? It creates an explosion. Yep. And that pushes the piston down, doesn't it? So an internal combustion engine has a series of chambers that combine air and fuel to create an explosion and that pushes a piston down doesn't it so that makes a piston go up and down and those pistons are connected to a camshaft or a rod and they're connected by connecting rods and the up and down motion of the piston is translated into the camshaft turning around and around and around 
and then that camshaft turning around and around and around is connected by a drive shaft to the wheels either at the front or at the back or both and that's what drives the wheels so the pistons create an explosion that pushes the piston up and down and then that gets translated by the connecting rods onto the camshaft to be circular motion and that's transferred to the wheels and that's what makes the wheels turn and that's how an internal combustion engine works and those explosions are uh, created in a sequence so in the in the little engines that you have in your weed eater and sometimes in your lawnmower there are two the piston goes up and down twice once to get fuel in and once to let the exhaust out and that's called a two-stroke engine in cars we have what's called a four-stroke engine so here we go, Lockie. We're looking at a four-stroke engine, a little animation of a four-stroke engine. So let's describe how it works. So let's look at number one. So number one, the valve lets what into the into the cylinder? Air. It lets a combination of air and fuel injected by fuel injectors or in old cars by carburetors into the piston, and then the piston goes down to the bottom. Stroke two is the piston going back up to the top, and that's doing what? It's compressing all of that fuel and air together which generates a better explosion and then what happens when it gets to the top can you see that little bang there what's that do you think that's the spark plug igniting the fuel and air together but why doesn't it blow that up ah so it does it creates an explosion at number three so the third stroke of the four stroke engine is called the power stroke and that that explosion is actually the bit that pushes the piston down to the bottom. No, but I mean, like, why doesn't it break the walls? Oh, the valve. So these these two bits at the top here, Lockie, these two things here are called valves, and they're very strong. They're made out of very strong metal, and they've got these little things here at the top that push them down when it's time for the valves to open, and that's on, like, a timing um, rod, I think it's called. I'm not I quite thought... sure. And the spinning, like, semicircle pushed that up and down. No, so that's it. that semicircle there is on the camshaft, and that's like a, um, like a counterweight almost. Um, so what happens here is that at the first stroke, air and fuel is, is, goes into the cylinder and then gets compressed in the second stroke. At the top of that, then the spark goes here, and that creates the explosion that actually pushes the cylinder down, and that's what generates all the I power. I where it is in the car. Oh, it's in the it's in the engine at the front. Oh yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and so and then at the fourth stroke, so that's the explosion, and then this valve opens and lets the gas out or the exhaust out of the outside, and so that four-stroke sequence is producing the power, and there's multiple cylinders in. A different engine so our Toyota Echo has four cylinders in its engine like that and then our other car the Mitsubishi has six cylinders in a V configuration and some really big cars have eight or ten or even twelve cylinders all operating together to push fuel and air into the, each cylinder and then I bet it goes really fast yes the generally speaking the more cylinders you have the bigger that 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 cylinder is and the better the compression you can get so the lot the more compressed you can make that fuel and air the more power you can get into your engine and the more efficient it is and the bigger the explosion essentially yes so some cars can be really really efficient 
with a small engine. So a Formula One car is probably the best example of a really, really efficient engine. It's only got a small engine in the Formula One car, but it can go very, very fast because it's really, really efficient and really, really well engineered, but that makes it a little bit more fragile. The cars that we drive around every day need to be quite safe and robust and reliable so they're not quite as efficient and they're not quite as powerful as a Formula One car because it's less expensive to produce it that way. I wonder if supercars might have like 20. Oh, so you mean like Lamborghinis and Ferraris, etc.? Yeah. Yep. So some of those Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Maseratis, they have sometimes 8, sometimes 10, sometimes 12 cylinders in their engines, but they're often... Um, they're often smaller cylinders, but more of them. So you might have a 4-litre V8 engine with quite small cylinders, um, or you might, have a, um, you might have a really big rumbly engine, which has got big cylinders that produce lots and lots of power. Hmm, cool. And so that's how a four-stroke engine works. And all of, that, all of that movement and all of that work just to produce that one explosion in there isn't particularly efficient. So scientists um, estimate that all of this energy that you're using here in a four-stroke engine only produces about 30% efficiency of the possible use of that, that fuel and that energy. A lot of that energy is used just to make the engine go round. Not a lot of the energy that's used in this process actually gets transferred to the wheels to make the car go forward. Cool. Why can't we just use... Cars with just four simple batteries that, and one powers one wheel. Well, you know what, Lockie? Elec- that's the concept of an electric car. And electric cars have actually la- have been around for a lot longer than, than you and I thought. So the first electric car was invented sometime in the 1830s, which is almost 200 years ago, by a guy called Robert Anderson. He was a Scottish guy. And he, in- he invented or built one of the first electric cars. And in the late 1800s, an Englishman called Thomas Parker, who used did a lot of work, did a lot of work on the London Underground, um, get, making that electric, and did a lot of work in England, in Liverpool, and Birmingham with their trams. He built a really popular electric vehicle. And actually, at the end of the 1800s, just before we got to 1900, so around about the time that Carl Benz invented his first car, electric vehicles were actually really popular. Um, And they were almost as popular, if not more popular, than petrol vehicles. So the question is, why did we stop using electric electric cars? Um, I think they might be a little bit more expensive, just because they run on batteries and you have to recharge them. That's right. So... The, the three real reasons why we stopped using electric cars at the, end of last, at the end of the 1800s and at the turn of the century is that they didn't go very far, they were harder to refuel compared to petrol cars, yeah. and they were a lot more expensive. So as petrol cars got more and more investment and they got cheaper and they were easier to refuel, so we started having petrol and it stations. Took longer to recharge. Exactly. So it was longer to recharge the car in a power point than it was to just put petrol in the car at the petrol station. And the cars built by Henry Ford um, and Carl Benz, they were a lot cheaper to build. And that's how petrol-powered cars started to get more popular with people. And we stopped driving electric cars. And there you go. Cool. So we talked about petrol cars. There's also the concept of a diesel car. Do you know what a diesel car is? 
um, it's something. It's a basically a car that runs on diesel fuel. That's right, and, and di- it's also a person's name. Indeed, we didn't know that until we started researching. But diesel is actually a man. Rudolf Diesel enveloped, developed the diesel engine, didn't he? And he developed that because he wanted to use um, petrol that wasn't quite as highly refined as what we would call petrol, or the Americans call gasoline. So he wanted to use a slightly lower grade of of fuel um, to ch- to drive to power the car. And so instead of using a spark plug in his engine, he used the heat and compression. And he highly so that so diesel cars have really high rates of compression in the in the um, compression stroke um, and that actually is what sets fire or creates the explosion um, to drive the power stroke that third stroke in the sequence so rather than a spark plug it actually uses compression and the heat and the heat to generate that explosion and that's why diesel cars can run on fuel that's not quite as highly refined um, and they often have um, slightly lower running engines they for a long time weren't as efficient as petrol cars but they are really efficient now you can get really fuel efficient diesel cars can i just say um i i i have been thinking that the spark i think makes that brown yes so when we're looking at this picture here that spark is what creates the explosion and that brown that you see there in the picture is exhaust gas going out of the engine and through our exhaust it's usually like gas and White yeah, exactly. And hard to see. So, Lockie, we've got petrol engines and we've got electric engines. Do you know what um, drives an electric-powered car? So it depends on the type of car. Some of them are hybrids, so some of them have an electric motor and a little tiny petrol motor to help drive the car when the electric motor doesn't have enough charge. Um, but some electric-only um, cars have four motors, one So each wheel effectively has an electric motor attached to it, which has very few moving parts and it's easy to maintain, and that drives each wheel. Some of them even have two electric motors, one for normal speed and one for high speed driving, um, which is quite cool. But those electric motors are powered by... Electric? Yeah, they're they're powered by electricity, which comes from... Power stations. That's right. And so if we can get clean energy... And, and make our batteries last for a long time, electric vehicles could be quite good for the environment. But if we have electric vehicles that are charged from power stations that burn coal and oil, is that good for the environment or not so good? No. Not great. I w- what, would, what, will car- what will cars look like in the future? Well, that's a really good question. We know that we're running out of petrol. We have a limited supply of petrol and diesel fuel because it comes from oil that's underground, right? So we know that we've got a limited supply of that in the world. We've still got some, but we don't have enough to last forever. So what we need to do is find another way of powering cars. One of those is electric vehicles. Another one might be a hydrogen fuel cell, which is quite complex to describe, but effectively works almost like a big battery that drives the car and produces... Is it just in dirt? Uh, stone? What's that? That it get oh hydrogen oil? oh so crude oil comes from comes from underground and it's a, a result of um, plant matter over millions and millions of years um, being compressed down underground under 
immense pressure and time and it effectively turns that plant matter into oil um, which is a long process and it takes a long long time to make or to generate naturally and it doesn't take very long for us to mine it and use it in cars so that's why we're going to run out of petrol at some point so what we need is an alternative it might be electric cars it might be something like a hydrogen fuel cell but it might be something that we've never thought of yet but what we do know but how do you make normal oil that you like bake with oh so canola oil that's a great question so yes um you make canola oil or sunflower can you oil just a- use any oil to make the oil underground ah so this they're two very good questions so the oil that we cook with often comes from sunflower seeds it can come from um it can come from all different types of oil vegetable oil canola canola flour oil um it can come from sunflowers. Um, it can come from something called rapeseed, uh, which is another different type of plant that can be used to generate oil. And some plants can be used to produce oil that can then be used to power cars. Um, you have to produce lots and lots of it to power the car, but it can be done. So that's one way of doing it as well, is using something like that to power cars as opposed to petrol. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Kids Ask Why podcast with Lockie. Please leave a like and subscribe. Next time we're talking about pets and animals.